Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. I'm John Martin. And I'm Dean Reverman. Dean, how often do you go to the grocery store? Oh, well, me personally? Yeah. Or as a family? Are you the shopper in no, the family? No, I'm not. not. No. no. But we as a family go probably three times a week, I'd say. Okay. Yeah. Uh, now, when you go and, and if, throw in one of those, you know, because we do the online, right, right, well. which I'm yeah. a big fan of that as right, well. Right, I agree. Right, right. Since ever since the Kroger click list yes. pickup, whatever came along, I was yes. an early adopter, been all over that, love yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, when you do go, are yep. you a get in and out quick guy, yes. or do you like to browse? No, 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 no. no. I'm a dude through and through, yeah. in and out. I no time for window shopping <laughs> or anything like that, which is the exact opposite of. Well, actually, my wife, she's she's very you know to the point as well. Right, but right. kids. So in my household if I go, there's a lot of discretionary uh, purchasing yep. that happens yep. when I'm with the kids, yep. and, and and I get berated when I get home. Like, why does this anyway? How did yeah. all this end up in the shopping cart? Yeah, my son has learned that if I go to the store, that means he gets a toy. So, yeah, see? He, and, and he go. hates it if I take him with me to go do a pickup, mm-hmm. and it's just the outside pickup. No He's toy. like, Daddy, why can't we go in the store? I'll be like, oh, they they're not letting us in today. They won't let us in. But yeah. <laughs> anyway, the the point of this is today we're going to talk about grocery trends. Yes, uh, we have a great guest with us today. We have Ruth Cooley from Elo. Yep. she's going to help us talk a little bit about what's happening in the world of grocery. Obviously, a lot has changed over the last oh, year yeah. and a half, 18 oh, yeah. months, going on close to two years at this point. No doubt. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about some of those changes. We're going to talk about some of the pain points that mm-hmm. customers still have about grocery mm-hmm. and maybe how some of the technology that our VARs sell can help address that. Yep. Uh, we'll get into, you know, again, we, you know, as we mentioned we like the whole online order pickup stuff, but stores still like getting people in. Yes, you know, there's, they do. It's very important for people to get That's actual not traffic. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, going yeah. away. So we're going to talk a little bit about how we can help out with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that plus our usual value of the VAR and what's tech connecting with us. There it's time go. to plug in and get connected. Welcome to the Tech Connect Podcast. It's time to get connected. All right, as I mentioned, our guest today, Ruth Cooley. Ruth is the Director of Sales for the Southeast for ELO. Ruth, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your day-to-day role. You mentioned before we got on that you're a a transplant to South Carolina. So tell us a little bit about your life. Sure. I've been with ELO for about six years now. And even before that, I worked in digital signage and technology, um, interactive technology before that. So but I do reside in Greenville, South Carolina. I'm still trying to work on my Southern accent. So hopefully, you know, even though I've been here for 15 years, um, one of these days I will get that beautiful Southern accent going. <laughs> now, do the locals not take you seriously when you don't have the accent? Do they look at you and get a little no, suspiciously? No, they don't. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. good. I absolutely have to pretend and say, hey, how y'all doing? <laughs> What's going on today? It's beautiful weather, isn't it now? Yeah. Try to work on my southern accent as much as possible. Sounds yeah. pretty good. Yeah, you don't want to walk in there and then immediately look at you and go, what's this Yankee doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being with us today. Uh, and and, and I, I'm interested in diving into this topic because we talk a lot about retail in general. Yeah, we do. And and it's very, you know, it's very broad about all kinds of retail, but, mm-hmm. but different types of retail have different types of problems, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think grocery in particular is one that there's a lot of nuance to, you know, what does and doesn't work there and, and where technology mm-hmm. can fit in. So, and obviously, you know, again, they, you know, grocery was an essential business throughout the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it had to stay open, had to keep operating at capacity, but we're obviously dealing with 
with issues with supply chain shortages, with labor issues, all kinds of stuff going on. Not to mention the fact that people were terrified to go into stores, you know, and, and there may not have been options for pickup immediately out of the gate. So, you know, what kind of things did you see change the most over the last, again, 18, 19, 20 months, however long we're, we're running now? Like what's really changed for you in grocery? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is the way we all shop and what our new comfort level is. It might have been a little bit uh, stricter, you know, when this all started, the pandemic started. And then what we're still seeing now is consumers have a different comfort level from even before the pandemic. So it has influenced how grocer technology needs have evolved. So think about it, maybe some of us, I mean, I was traveling quite a bit before the pandemic. So I, I did Instacart with Publix and, you know, I went and did that just for my convenience because I didn't have a lot of time to go do stuff. But when the pandemic started, Instacart was my friend, definitely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, even though my comfort level wasn't, hey, what kind of produce will these folks pick out? What's it gonna look like when it arrives at the door? that was my comfort level and then that's even evolved so let's think about all these new acronyms out there uh bopis which is buy online pick up in store and then bopac buy online pick up at curbside just like you were saying john with your son going why can't i go in the store and get a toy now so you know i've tried all of these just to see which one i do like best do i still like the delivery do i want to pay the additional money where's my comfort level but the consumer is making that choice themselves and they still are hesitant on a large you know percentage to go back to that that comfort level before the pandemic so technology has to evolve and has to catch up in the grocer's uh, vertical and you know what's interesting about grocery stores is that you know from a retail perspective it's it's it is like the main one, right? Everybody yeah, goes yeah. to it. You started yeah, off by it. saying, yeah. how many times do you go? Well, I, how many times do I go to like a Target or a, or, <laughs> right. or, or even a specialty retailer? It's it's so much less right, than right. grocery stores. Yeah. So they, they have, they're under like the scrutiny and you see a lot of the innovation, a lot of things being tested there, number one. Number two, there's a lot of small grocery stores out there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we I live so, in the suburbs of Cincinnati, so in, in Kroger's is around here right. and stuff like that. But if you just get out of the city i mean there's a lot of small mon pa even new york where you used to be ruth um yeah. you know there's a lot of small grocery stores out there mm. but but anyway getting back to it's like the lifeblood right of a society is everybody needs to eat so everybody's going to the grocery stores and that's where a lot of these uh technologies are being tested and and i agree with you it's 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 an evolution that's going on right now in the space a lot of stuff happening, not just front of house. Hopefully we get a little bit into the back of the house because Elo's got an answer there as well with their M50. But, um, you know, there's just a lot going on there. And it's it's been really kind of fascinating. If you just take a step back over the last 18 months to see how transformative some of this stuff right, has right. been and where the bets are being placed by, like, the big Kroger's of the world and, and the at-home delivery and stuff like that, it's really interesting to see how this is all panning out. Yeah, I think it's very interesting, too, that, like, the the progression of the the online pickup the pickup at the curb mm -hmm. how much that has to be like i said i was i was a very early adopter to the whole pickup experience i was like okay because i i typically do the grocery shopping my wife hates to go to the grocery right. store i don't blame her it's not my favorite thing either but it's one of those things like stick my earbuds in listen to some yep. music or podcasts and go yep. go do the work yeah but as soon as we found out like hey they'll bring the groceries to us all i gotta do is shop online from the comfort of your home great but at the same time over the years when that wasn't quite as popular as mm -hmm. it is now mm -hmm. it could be 
be a bit of a painful experience from time to time too. You mm-hmm. you might get some, you know, Ruth, you mentioned it, maybe you get some bad produce or mm-hmm. you get a, a bad substitution or there's something's missing. You don't know until you get home and you start unloading. Um, you know, the the app sometimes wasn't as easy to navigate as you would have liked it to be. There was, there was a lot of painful progressions I saw over the mm-hmm. years, you know, in using this particular product. And it's definitely been refined and is a much better process now than it was then. Still, you know, some pain points here and there. Oh, yeah. But oh, yeah. in general, you know, all these stores realized when suddenly it had to be a thing because mm-hmm. more people were going to do it. I, I would, I'm sure there's numbers out there somewhere. I should have researched this, but I, I would love to know, like, what the what the escalation for just maybe a Kroger or any stores in general was, you know, from pre-pandemic to now of how many people are buying, you know, on the this curbside pickup stuff in in the grocery oh, space alone. I'm sure it's, it's gotta massive. Be exponential. Yeah. I mean just like instantaneously exponentially growth in that in that yep. area. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ruth, you know, we we've we talked a little bit about can we kind of mention some of the pain points here. And there was some pain points I want us to kind of get into and address that still exist within grocery and figure out maybe a little bit about how how our you know, our VARs, the the technology that they sell, the technology that ELO has out there, you know, can combat some of these. So Retail Customer Experience had a survey um, of some customers where they came up with five specific pain points. I said five and put up a four. That was very bad showmanship <laughs> for me if you're watching on the video right now. Uh, they picked five pain points that customers still have when it comes to groceries. So the first one is checkout errors and pricing mistakes. Number two is not enough checkout lanes are open or there are long lines. Number three is confusing store layouts. Four is out of stock items. And five is rude and unfriendly cashiers, which I don't know any technology in the world is going to fix that necessarily. Well, to to be fair, I take it back. I guess there is a fix there. But we'll we'll let Ruth kind of tee that up. So how do you think we combat some of these? Um, You know, a couple of these will fall into one. So you're talking about rude or unfriendly cashiers. Nobody ever wants that experience. Like you guys said, you don't even like to go to the grocery store anyway. So then you have to deal with somebody that doesn't have a, you know, decent personality. But there are technology out there or is technology out there to, uh, you know, to fix these things or at least make it a little more pleasant. You have self checkout. We are seeing the grocers you know, really pushing to have self-checkout in every location, not just the larger ones, not the high volume ones, but everyone, because we talked about comfort level of people. Think about, you don't have to be in front of anyone. You don't have to be in close contact with anyone except for a machine and a touch screen to do self-checkout. So, and you don't have to worry about somebody, you know, putting the wrong pricing in or the wrong produce number for something that you're not buying. So you talked about checkout error, price mistakes. There's a lot of different technology out there to combat that. Um, even price checkers. Uh, price checkers are not the norm what they used to be. They're now you know, multi-information centers. It's price checkers, product information, or directories. You know, that's one thing about confusing store layouts you mentioned. Not every store has the same layout because each store is going to be a little bit different with the real estate they take up, the different aisles, and maybe the demographics they serve in that area. So these things are always going to be confusing, but um, you talked about the M50 a little earlier, Dean. And you also have that, that the associate can carry a mobile, our ELO M50 mobile device with them. So if a customer doesn't know where to go or, hey, I can't find this product, they can look it up on their mobile device, just pull it out of their back pocket. So there's a lot of new technology out there to help 
combat all these little you know, nuances that people are you know, still a little irritated or want to be done with in stores. Yeah, I mean, when you look at it, you know, if you're a reseller out there and you, you don't play in the grocery space, I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. And the reason why I kind of mentioned the fact that, you know, this the grocery stores are like under a lens all the time is because a lot of retail happens there. Well, don't be afraid to get in the game here because there's a lot of game to be had right. with the technology advancements that are happening in the space. I mean, Ruth, Ruth t t touched on a lot of them, but I'm going to go back to a couple of them like self-checkout. That's huge. You know, mm -hmm. they're, having a kiosk there, I mean, what can you you imagine not having that option right now if you went into a grocery store i mean and not having self-checkout it'd be like dude i really am in whatever the <laughs> 70s or the 80s but i'm sure I mean, some of those smaller stores probably still don't they may right but i think that they're probably looking at the technology right, right. can they do that especially for like really fast convenience stuff mm -hmm. right i mean there's a lot of different reasons why you go to a grocery store maybe it's literally just to get eggs and milk and that's all i need is eggs and milk and right. then i boom boom i'm out the door other times it's i got this long list uh, that i got to do so uh, people's expectations are changing and so self-checkout i think is getting better and better it was it was maybe not so great, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic or whatnot, but you can clearly tell that companies are spending a lot of time uh, on that as well. The integration of POS and WMS, I want to kind of break into that a little bit because I think that there, there's a lot of our resellers that can play in that game as well. And that gets to the whole, you know, pricing mistakes or not enough in stock type of a thing. Mm -hmm. Because if you do invest in time to go to a grocery store, the last thing, it sucks when you go there and there's no product there, you know, yeah. whatever you were looking for and it's not there and I, I know we're under a supply chain crunch right now tabling that for just a second but even outside it, of that there was issues with even that. outside yeah. of that yeah so so you're gonna see this marriage between the pos and the wms so there's opportunities there it's it's it needs to happen all the way down to the ma and pa grocery store for their ability to have visibility of their inventory in an online environment and certainly so that they can order better, faster, or whatever. I mean, a yeah. lot of that's kind of converging, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think you make a very good point there, too, that when we talk about these trends in the world of grocery, we're not just talking about in-store. Right. We're not just talking about the experience of going and shopping and checking out. It, it's back of the house. It's mm -hmm. part of the supply chain in general. Mm -hmm. Some of these pain points we talked about here, like pricing mistakes, uh, out-of-stock items, like you said, yeah, they, that's that's not just about an in-store thing. That's That goes beyond, which is where, you know, you, if you're, if you're a VAR who – you know, doesn't necessarily feel like you specialize in retail. If you're thinking, well, retail's not my thing. I'm I'm supply chain. Okay, mm -hmm. great. You still can cash in on some of these trends and these pain oh, points absolutely. and help out by providing your technology at a, at a different point in that cycle there. And again, it's down to the small and medium size operator as well because they need back a house. I, mean, I think Ruth's example was dead on. You have an associate that's on the floor and mm -hmm. you do see that a mm -hmm. lot. That's the differentiator of the small to medium sized grocery stores is that they've got people that actually know what is going on and passionate about it, probably family owned type of right. thing. Well, enable them with the technology so that they can have that mobile device in aisle and say, oh, you know what? We don't have it. The stock's not here, but it's out back or, or whatever. Right, this is right. when it's going to come in. Now you're enabling those associates through something like a mobile device like the M50. So well, let, let's be honest. We all remember the days when you went into a store and you asked an associate something right. and they were like, mm -hmm, that way. I think somewhere over there, <laughs> or you're standing there and you're staring up at the signs at the end of the aisle and going, 
And, yeah, and the thing right. you need is for some reason not listed because there's just, you know, like yes. they stuck, I don't know, they stuck bread in the macaroni aisle for some reason because they had a space for it. I don't know. You toothpicks know. are, you know, yeah, you're not going to exactly. list that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a big banner for toothpicks, right. And I know like, you know, the apps like for the big stores will have that kind of locationing stuff in it too yeah. that can help you out. But yeah, I think it is very handy that if you're enabling your, your actual workers and it can be, that's the great thing is I think it could be anybody. It could be someone whose job strictly is just to go to the back, pull stock out, bring it out and stock it. They're probably not someone who, I mean, I suppose they should know where stuff is a little bit more than, than usual, but mm-hmm. maybe just an average cashier or just, you know, someone working part-time, some kid who's just, you know, there part-time a couple of days a week for some extra cash and doesn't know the layout of the store or everything that's happening there. Mm-hmm. If you're equipping all these folks with some mobile devices and you're like the M50, then that's something that anybody, any, especially the younger generation could quickly and easily pop out of their pocket yep. and find some information for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah, so. yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Well, hey, those are some good good ways to address it. Well, then let's let's get into the whole uh, the online order pickup delivery sphere of things. Obviously, it is all the rage. It's what everyone is excited about, you know. And and I, and I am glad that it it picked up in prominence, and I'm glad that it's getting better than it was when it originally started. But let's be honest, stores still do want in person traffic, mm-hmm. uh, you know. And 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 as people start getting more comfortable with being back in stores again, and you know, aren't as aren't as concerned about what could happen when they're there. Impulse buys are obviously a big part of uh, of the business. There was a stat that I pulled up from uh, what was it, SlickDeals.net. The average U.S. consumer spends close to fifty four hundred dollars each year on impulse purchases. Yeah, that's me. That's that's, that's, that's huge. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. raising her hands. Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Pre kid, I probably wasn't that person. Maybe every once in a while I'd grab yeah. a candy bar or something, you right. know, at the checkout. But right. I was never the. Well, I take that back. I guess maybe if I was out shopping in store still. And pushing the cart up and down. There's probably a lot of things I would grab that I wouldn't that I don't do when I'm shopping online because yeah. I have my list and I'm basically just buying my list. Now, some of these places have gotten good at teasing me with other stuff of the impulse buys within oh, yeah. their apps too, yeah, yeah, where yeah, they'll yeah. be like, Hey, here's a recommended thing that's on sale, or here's all your digital coupons. I go, Well, I got a coupon for it. I might as well buy it. That's you know, it. That's they're it. they're getting good at that. But mm-hmm. I don't think it's quite the same thing as getting someone in store where you can quite literally catch their attention with something and get them to grab something else also. Right. So so Ruth, then how does how does this the display technology? Obviously this is Elo's bread and butter here. How does display technology help out with bringing people back in the store and when they're in there, keeping them there and keeping them shopping and buying, maybe, you know, piling their cart up a little bit bigger than they initially planned to? Well, one thing that really jumps out at me are when grocers do store refreshes. Think about it. If you go into a store and it's it has, you know, a new layout, aesthetically pleasing, it's got new technology, you automatically you know, look over to the customer service desk that you usually didn't look at because now they have customer facing displays for you to interact with. Um, New technology, think about the deli or the prepared foods like subs and sandwiches. If you put technology there where people don't actually have to wait in a deep line and they can just put their sandwich order in or their food order and continue shopping, you will then get those impulse buys back again. And it will draw their attention to other areas of the store they may not have gone to or other, you know, uh, tabletops that if you have some type of product information display. Uh, One thing that stuck out in my mind, especially during these times, think about pharmacy. If you have product information display there that you can interact with, 
and you have some type of symptoms going on, but you don't think you're sick, it's just maybe allergies, you probably wanna go there and quickly identify what will be my best remedy here or beauty. Um, one thing I'd love to see more grocers do is um, in the wine section, I see so many people, not saying I go down there often, maybe I do, but we see a lot of people um, hovering there, not knowing which wines to buy with the steak, with the fish, with the chicken they just bought. So putting an interactive display, even a small shelf uh, display would be uh, exponential, just being able to interact with the consumer and give them that extra touch point and also maybe, you know, recommend, hey, if you're buying this wine, this might complement it next time. Or if you're buying chicken and fish, either or, or both, maybe you want to on quickly right there to buy both bottles of wine. So I think technology is definitely one of the things that as a grocer needs to be looked at so many different ways. Yeah, I agree. And I came out of digital signage as well. And one of those things that, you know, 15 years ago, it was talked about, but you really couldn't do that in display or you know, on shelf like display the shelf talker really well. Is, yeah. I mean, yeah. how do you mount a 40 inch plasma monitor on the, <laughs> on the shelf? You can't do that. But right. the technology's really gotten there now. Actually, uh, with like stuff like a power over the Ethernet and modules that ELO has, you can really do that. You can enable that experience right there. And we've talked about this on the podcast about it's all about the experience right from from the consumer standpoint but also from the retailers uh, you know aspect they have to realize that they got to up their game a little bit when it comes to um you know upselling or communicating at the point of sale you mm -hmm. know that is the mm -hmm. that's the revolution that's part of the revolution that's happening in the retail space is is messaging at the point of sale like you can do in that online environment oh online i click on whatever this uh this smoked gouda cheese and it'll say oh here's a good wine pairing with that well how do you enable that in in, right. in the actual physical world well you can do that through interactive display so i'm really glad you you touched on that ruth because i do think that that is one of those areas that you're going to get a lot of run uh from this type of thing let's also talk a little bit uh, ruth about like uh smart cabinets and stuff like that because i know elo does open frame stuff there where you can enable folks like that i guarantee you we have a lot of resellers who they're grocers whether it's yeah, the big ones like Kroger, okay, we just assume they're doing cabinets and stuff like that. But even the small and medium-sized ones, are, I think, are going to start doing these smart cabinets, right? Those types of pickup things. Absolutely. And smart cabinets are kind of the, the newest and latest technology where, you know, it almost makes you scratch your head like, how do you do that? But you have your interactive display there, one of the ELO open frames that fit nicely in there. And the customer or consumer can order their grocers or grocery needs online through their mobile app, and they can, you know, set a time to pick it up in store. You don't have to interact with an associate. You don't have to talk to anybody. So if they're still in that comfort zone of, hey, I don't feel safe being, you know, that close to anybody, anybody they can go and just scan their QR code from their phone. It'll tell them which locker 
their uh, food and items are in and it pops it right open. So super convenient, um, automated and, you know, kind of cool technology to think about. It is. And here's here's why I think those are going to get a run in the grocery store. Getting back to some of the pain points that, mm -hmm. that I think grocery stores are having with the whole online environment. I got to tell you, I don't know that they got produce right because yeah. of, of all the things when whenever we do pickup or delivery to home or whatever, this we are we are super critical on strawberries and blueberries and my house because that, <laughs> I eat those like every day. Right, right. And, and it's like, you know, when you get the store picked version of those, although the Instacart people, for some reason, they scrutinize the right. quality of the product that they're putting in your basket. But some of the major ones out there, I don't think they've got this just right. You know, their pickers are just throwing anything in there. They're not looking yeah. at the strawberry. Oh, no, that's fuzzy. So that's not actually a Do good you ever thing. feel sometimes like they're like, we need to get rid of this. So I'm going to throw this into their cart. Yeah, I think I, so. I hope that's not the case. Well, no, but because... sometimes I do. I'll get something. I'll pull it out and be like, "This is all oh, like so banged they, up, they or go it's into like your old. cart too." Because we thought it only went into our cart. No, you know, it getting... feels it feels that way to me too. Sometimes you get something and you go like, "Really? Right. Did I just get the last thing that was at the bottom? They they knew they weren't going to sell, so they threw it in mine because they knew I'd take it home and wouldn't complain about it." That's my point exactly, right. right? So we're all experiencing that. But think of the hybrid. Why the locker would be great? Get all your dry goods via the locker, yep. so and I get your eighty percent of my stuff, and I'm just going to get my produce and then hit the locker on the way out. Boom! It's like cut that. down my time a lot. That's why I think that's you know it's kind of a hybrid situation, right, Ruth? I mean, it could be for those folks that are just not comfortable, but it might be that hybrid solution where, yeah, you know, if they pick my olives and my mustard and stuff like that, they usually get that right. But I'm picking my lettuce and my strawberries right, right. and my blueberry kind of a thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, we we've, we've actually talked about that as a family, like doing curbside or mm -hmm. pickup, and then quickly running down to the produce aisle and getting our, you know, bananas, our avocados and the tomatoes we like. Um, yeah. It's like that because like you said, you can only, you know, add so much information and in when you're doing an Instacart or Amazon Fresh or anything like that where you say, please make sure this is ripe or please mm -hmm. it's green. I don't want this. I'd rather have that. Not everyone's going to know your preference. So like the hybrid model, I think that's pretty much it right now for the folks that still want that comfort of I want, you know, somebody else to pick out my dry goods, but the fresh stuff is all me. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. You know, you're you're both speaking my language here because, <laughs> and there's a couple of things. A lot of one, the idea of being able to go somewhere and not have to interact with people, and it's not because I'm uncomfortable with COVID necessarily anymore. It's I feel like I'm I'm not as bad about that anymore. It's just like I just I'm just a misanthrope. I don't like to talk to people about laughter. You know, there's days I just wanted to go do my thing, stick my earbuds in, just leave me alone. You know. But uh, I think the other part of it, too, is, and I've mentioned this before, that we are we are a world that's accustomed to screens. Yeah. We're all used to them. We oh, stared at yeah. them all day long, got one in front of me, had them all around us here. We got our phones. It's always in our hands. We're used to that. And I think that is where, like, digital science can play such an important part of a shopping experience or any experience when you go out somewhere because we're all attuned and ingrained to check out a screen. If there's a screen somewhere in our, our line of sight, we're probably going to pay attention to it mm -hmm. versus a, a static sign versus mm -hmm. just the, the typical shelf talkers. You're right. I think that, mm -hmm. that stuff catches your attention. And I've noticed that as I've seen stores, you know, you know, add some of this stuff like if I'm in a store and you, you might see some that have the little digital shelf talker, it's, you know, it's kind of thing where they're not necessarily using it for every part of the aisle, but maybe just to highlight some very special products or something. It always catches my eye. I always notice it. The other day, I, I think I was in Kroger and I happened to be, I was literally on my way out 
and this is a great example of an impulse buy thing here, I was walking past the the bottled drinks area, mm-hmm. like, you know, sodas and teas and stuff like that or whatever. Well, my Kroger had set up the digital doors. So now, like, when you walk past it, it's not it's not just you looking through the glass at the bottles in there, which I wouldn't have paid attention to. It was digital signage. Like, the entire oh, wall cool. of all Got the it. doors yeah, was yeah, a yeah. giant digital sign that shows you all the all the stuff that's behind it. Mm-hmm. It's all, like, kind of, like, moving a little bit mm-hmm. and, like, kind of catching your eye. And I stopped, and I was like, well, I kind of am thirsty in that, you know, <laughs> cherry Dr. Pepper <laughs> gotcha. sounds pretty good. And I, I totally did. I yeah. opened it up, and I and I ended up buying one of those. Would not have thought about it one before. I've got drinks at home. Why did I need to get that for Right, 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 right. But right, it, right. it did it. It worked. It actually, it caught my attention. Yeah, so. I think that, well, again, I think that's the messaging that's coming down to, you know, into the retail space itself uh, that is going to, you're going to start seeing a lot of that. Yeah. But, but meaningful, right? Right. Like, you know, right. good stuff uh, that, that's happening. And then. Hopefully, we'll tap into AI so that it knows your per- personal preferences and things like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's all I need is to walk past something where the sign's like, "Hey, John. Hey, John. Hey, you want this diet do right now, don't you? Come on, <laughs> you're thirsty. Get over here. Yeah. Like, here's a picture of it on whatever Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you you yeah. know me very well. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Just yeah. Darth Vader holding a soda out to me. He's like, all right, all right fine, fine. Yeah. I'll so. buy it. Or more importantly, what they'll really get smart and what they'll do is find a way to lure my kid in. I'll be there with my kid and manage to, managing to maybe somehow avoid the toy out because he's busy with something else or playing on his tablet or something. And something will pop up and be like, hey, Miles, looking for the hot new toy? <laughs> I can just see it now. Daddy, daddy, yeah. the screen look, says. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah. All right. Good stuff. Well, I, uh, thank you, Ruth, for helping us dive into some of these trends. Uh, before we move on to our recurring segments, I want to, as always, thank our TechConnect sponsors, uh, of which Elon was one. They are always contributing great, smart, amazing guests like Ruth. Uh, so we appreciate their support of our show. Hey, if you are watching the podcast right now on YouTube, hit the like button. Let us know you like the episode. Leave us a comment. Tell us what you liked or didn't like. Give us your thoughts on, on grocery Subscribe. trends. Subscribe to Blue Star Inc. Uh, YouTube channel. That's uh, right. Share it with your friends. Let other people know what kind of stuff we're doing here. If you're listening on the audio platforms, especially if you're on Apple, give us a five-star rating and review. Tell us what you think about the show. Uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Uh, be nice. Maybe a little bit some of the stuff you don't like. I mean, you know, we're still a little <laughs> sensitive sometimes, you know, so nah, whatever. We can take it. Yeah, really. Uh, and if you have thoughts about the show, if you want to share with us your ideas, if there's topics that we have not touched on yet, please tell us what you want to hear about. You can reach out to us on Twitter at TechConnectPod. You can also email us techconnect at bluestarinc.com. All right, let's wrap things up here. First of all, let's talk value to the VAR. And mm-hmm. this is where, Ruth, you know, we've kind of mentioned a little bit about what ELO does here and there, but I want you to, in particular, kind of get into some more details about how ELO is helping our VARs to position this kind of new technology to grocers. Uh, and I think let's especially dive in on the the local and regional ones. We've talked a lot about big picture stuff. And we've mentioned mm-hmm. a lot of the Kroger's and Publix and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the big stores that are out there that we know have the, the money to do this. But if, if you were to call, talking to a VAR that's mostly dealing with local regional chains that are fairly small, don't have big budgets, how would you, how would you tell them, where would you tell them to start with incorporating some, some digital technology, signage, you know, mobile computers in order to capitalize on some of these trends? Sure, John. Um, I think you brought up a good point. They all don't have to be enterprise uh, grocers. Starting small or medium uh, grocers, they also need the help, too, with technology. So... With ELO's modular technology, uh, the VARs can show grocers how to set themselves apart from their competition. So 
whether it's a, a little bit of new technology interactive at the deli area, um, at the produce, or even pharmacy beauty putting product information, interactive displays, they can set themselves apart and they can create engaging customer experiences. You know, we all talk about different ways we are comfortable with, but don't forget, it's also an experience. So whether you want to sit in your car and wait for your groceries to be delivered to your car, that's your own experience. When you go inside a grocery store and it's refreshed and it has new technology and it doesn't have to be everywhere, you can start small and test. And with ELO's modular um, accessories like our Edge Connect, if you put something somewhere one day and it has a 2D barcode reader, like a touch interactive display, and the grocer says, you know what, I don't think it's getting a lot of uh, uh, attention or a lot of interaction. You can move that to another location. And that's one of the best parts about our interactive displays, whether it's our all-in-one compute systems, whether you start out with uh, the grocer at their uh, checkout lanes and you're only doing a interactive touch display that the associate is facing, don't forget you can add interactive displays for the consumer because you have them there at that touch point for X amount of minutes. And if it doesn't work out or you want a different size, then you can take it and move it to a different area. So think about not just placing an interactive display um, in one area, think about the modularity and future-proofing it. So you can always move it somewhere else, you can turn it from landscape to portrait, add different accessories on to the sides, top or bottom because of our Edge Connect accessories. So what I'm saying is sky's the limit. Don't just you know keep yourself in the box of, hey, the checkout area, touch interactive displays, maybe one of ELO's compute systems underneath the counter. Think about customer service area. Maybe they wanna get rid of some of the clutter of all the different hardware there, and you might wanna offer them an all-in-one uh, touch monitor with the compute system built into it to reduce the clutter and reduce the real estate that technology is taking up. So multitude of areas that you can help uh, small, medium grocers in, even just to start out with. Yeah, that's awesome. And, and and she's right. I mean, what we love about ELO is that they're so innovative on the modularity, mm -hmm. which is so necessary when you're trying to develop a flexible situation. We talked a little bit about uh, also the back of house or enabling those uh, folks in the aisle with the M50, which is a, kind of a newcomer for ELO, you know, getting into the space of a, a mobile device, uh, Android based uh, on that front. But what another thing that I'm going to throw on the table about ELO that, that I personally love is their ecosystem. They've got a great ecosystem. Mm -hmm. so when you think about the hardware, yes, of course, ELO, ELO's got it, but they've also got a great ecosystem with the ISVs, or as we call them, TSCs that are out there, technology software companies, because as a reseller, I know that, okay, you want to start playing in the game, or you want to enable your small to medium-sized grocers that are in your region or in your area, but maybe you don't have the relationship with the digital signage company, like a SkyKit or something like that, or maybe you don't have uh, enablement through POS with somebody like a Grubber or somebody else might be able to bring to the table. So elo has that ecosystem they have a great ecosystem tyler bots i'm going to give him a shout out because he, he's their isv manager he knows and he can connect you so if you need help we have people on our staff as well we've got a great elo team 
But don't feel like you're out on an island. These solutions are out there. They're happening at a very, very fast pace. As a reseller, you don't want to be left behind. But there are um, solutions out there, yes, from a hardware perspective. But there's also an ecosystem out there that we can help you tap into uh, to make those solutions a reality. And that's one of the things I think Elo does really, really well. Yeah, hard to agree. Well, I, I will, because I'm not going to have anything else better to say about the hardware, the software piece here. I'm going to throw some stats out there because I love Ooh, my we stats. Love stats, yes. And I think this is good stuff that you can take to your customers and explain to them why they do need to be thinking about these things and looking at this particular technology. Good. So this was some stats from uh, storage.com. It was a survey of customers about a digital shopping experience and what they expect out of it. All right, so here's some good stats for you. 83% of respondents believe informative digital screens would save time during shopping trips. We've already there discussed you that. That's a, a, you can say the majority of people. 83%. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the majority of people want digital screens. They think that would help them with their shopping trip. Why, mm -hmm. why don't you have them in your store? Of those who do a majority of their shopping online, nearly 50% say that informative interactive displays would be the most enticing feature for them to shop in person. Ah, to bring them back. Exactly. There you go. Mm -hmm. And then 55% say they prefer to shop in person for food and grocery items above any other product category. Right. So that's what we're saying. The grocery store is exactly. where it's at, man. Yeah, yep. absolutely. That's, so so there's, there's some stats you can take with you to your customers to explain to them, hey, I'm not approaching with this stuff just because I just want you to have whatever technology <laughs> is hot that I can sell and shove into your store somewhere. That's how those small and medium figures to back it up. Yeah, yeah that's how they're going to compete in this world, exactly. right? Even all the way down to the small and medium sized companies, they have to embrace these types of technologies. Right. Yeah. yeah, and to the point both of you made, it's not about it's not about adopting everything. It's not about hey, we're going to reinvent your store mm. and turn it into just one giant digital experience. And you're thinking, well, I'm just Moe's Corner Shop, you know, right, like right, right. I have like you know, 80 regular customers and just you know a few looky loos here and there. Why do I need to go all out about this? Right. Like you can start small and find ways to help them start small so that they can get what they need. That's going to draw people in and, and attract the folks maybe that aren't already buying there. And mm -hmm. hey, who knows, Mo? Maybe one day you're going to get to open up and and expand and add 12 more stores across the region. You yeah. never know. And this might be a good start for you. Yeah. So yeah. I like where Ruth was going. I mean, talk about your in shelf. What grocery store doesn't have a little wine section, but a little tutorial. I like that. Little yeah, interactive yeah. thing. Okay. I got, I got shrimp and chicken. What pairs well with right, that? Right. I, don't, I, don't, I need a little display there to tell me. I'm I there. like that. Yeah. It's a small step. I like it. All right. Well, hey, let's wrap up with what's tech connecting with you. This is our favorite fun segment where we get to talk about something in the world of tech, science, innovation that has our attention or has caught our eye recently. Ruth, I'll let you start. What's tech connecting with you right now? Sure. Well, in my eyes, you know, everything's going to get smaller, faster, thinner, sleeker, and I guess we, hopefully we can say even sexier than what we've seen before. But what you mentioned the M50, you know, our mobile handheld device. Uh, I can't wait till we launch our M60 that has payment integrated into it, which kind of adds the icing on the cake since we're talking about grocers. Mm -hmm. But we also have um, some new Android uh, all-in-one devices. And we are seeing quite a trend uh, with grocers and a lot of retailers the uptick of their development teams um, having Android development teams. It's a lot less expensive for Android device, but not only that, we're seeing things like um, our next generation Android all-in-ones are going to have stands where the hub is built into it. So we talked briefly about, you know, lessening or reducing that real estate that the hardware is taking up, making more clean, aesthetically pleasing environment at the grocer space. But 
even things like not only the hub is going to be built into the stand, but a customer facing display can be built into the stand. And we know with ELO's hardware, we're always trying to make it modular, flexible, future proofing it. And we also have options where if you don't want a customer facing display built into the stand, we have stands where you can add it on afterwards. So whether it's our 10 inch, 13 inch, but these are what we're seeing in the future. And these are the technologies that really do excite me because it's going to make things so much nicer for grocers and make things, you know, opened up and just, I don't know, I'm a girl. So I always like, I'm visual. I love seeing stuff that's sleek and pleasing to the eye per se. I like it. I, you're right. Technology does have a, a way of making, making the retail environment a little bit sexier, yeah, you know, yeah. than, than just the, especially grocery stores. Oh yeah. Small to medium sized ones at <laughs> that can be a little stodgy sometimes. <laughs> right, right. Throw in a nice looking little kiosk or something like that or self checkout, man, yep. instantly you've, you've made the whole environment that much better. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, here's the headline that I got from my tech connecting okay. with you. Uh, the age of holograms is upon us. Were you okay. aware of this? So there's a company out there now call, that claims holoportation will let you beam yourself anywhere in the world. Okay, so the company is Portal. That's P-O-R-T-L. They sell a seven-foot-tall booth, which you can utilize and really beam yourself anywhere that booth is, I guess. Right, right, right So right. It's, it's like a two-part. There's a studio where it's got cameras. Right. Portable. Like you could set it up, but then it's the it's this seven foot tall booth that you can put anywhere. So they're they're putting them in like trade shows. Of course, they're putting them in convention centers, uh, or I'm sorry, they're putting it in meeting rooms and stuff like that. But it's literally a, so so the picture that they have there is like a human being, you know, but you can see them full 3D right, angle right. being teleported, if you will, in this booth. That's awesome. So holograms are coming. They're now available. So not only do they have this seven-foot booth, but they're also calling it Portal Mini. So they have a little one that comes out. I don't know that I'm so much on board with this thing, but it's like, I don't know, like 12 inches tall. And and so it's like the same thing. Right. But you see a little person in, in this like little itty-bitty booth. But if you, okay, so because we keep referencing Star Wars in this episode, because that's what we do. Right. If you remember the hologram technology in Star Wars it's was kind of like that. Like there was yeah. a where they were like invading Hoff and like their little Darth Vader appeared on the dashboard there to have yep. a discussion with him. Yeah, yep. that's pretty yep. cool. Yep, yep. So anyway, P. Diddy beamed uh, in from Florida to did. his <laughs> son's birthday party. You've got Swiss watchmakers making it for so their CEO could be an event in Shanghai. I mean, that's how this Wait, wait, back up a second. So P. Diddy <laughs> didn't go to his kid's birthday party. He came in as a hologram. Well, yeah, I, I was kind of hoping you would pick oh, up on that. Oh, man. <laughs> That's parenting you the year. I mean, I guess it's better than not being there at all, but. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, so if he can afford to rent one of these portals, I don't even know what they go for. Let's see. I think the unit itself is eh, the total price of the Portal Epic, which is includes hardware and software, is $100,000. So you kind of have to be at the PDDs. That's for the PDDs of the world. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. To do this hologram. But I don't know what this Portal Mini is going to go for. But I guess to your point, maybe it's got to start out small. I, We're going to start out with these yeah. little itty bitty holograms of yeah, people. Yeah. I don't know. Know that I necessarily always need to see people in 3D or like full body, but yeah. whatever, you know. Well, I don't know. There's so many language cues that you pick up right, on, right? right? And that you just can't That's get true. That's flat. a good point. So, but can I also point out that I am tired of tech companies dropping vowels from their names? <laughs> I seriously am. <laughs> right. P Portal without the A. Like, come on. Come on. Every tech company, it feels like, especially software companies, are all doing that this is now. So early zeros. 
right? It really is. Like it's, it's one of those. Yeah. It's, it's a. It's a. I feel like it's a, a millennial trend of some sort. Totally, like, I agree with it's that. It's like I don't know who just. And I and I wonder if it's like all wrapped up into the whole like text culture of you know <laughs> shorthanding everything. Like, but you do every time you see is new technology. Only, let's let's just drop a couple letters out of it. Maybe that's the only way they can get venture capital. Is Maybe that, you know when they go in and they make their pitch. Well, Maybe. Uh, we got it. We got to drop vowels. Yeah, I mean, they're not going to take us seriously. <laughs> it's like it's like that scene from the Social Network when. Uh, uh, the uh, the Napster guy, whatever, tells yes. Mark Zuckerberg, drop yes. the the in yes. Facebook. Yeah. Right. Drop the A in Portal and you got a deal. You yeah. got a deal. <laughs> Let's All right. Let's connecting with you. So, who here has watched Squid Game yet? No, I've heard a lot about Ruth, it. Have you watched it yet, Marco? Oh, I'm the only one so far? All right, I will not tell you much. Okay. okay. I won't tell you much about it. I've only watched a few episodes myself so far, so I'm, I'm trying to not hear any spoilers that I can avoid. Uh-huh. The basic premise of this show, this is a wild show. It's a Korean show, which right. I highly recommend watching it in Korean with subtitles. I'm, the dub is kind of awful. Most dubs are <laughs> awful, but this one really seemed bad. So, Oh, so it's, it's shot in Korea. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, it's a Korean show. This has become, Netflix claims this is their biggest show ever. Ever? Ever. Because, I mean, Ever. it's got a huge worldwide audience. Oh, okay. Now, granted, Netflix is always shady and mysterious about their numbers. They don't yeah, officially yeah, yeah, release yeah. anything. Right. They're claiming this is their biggest show ever. Okay. The premise, though, is basically a group of people are invited to play games. Okay. In, in, these are all Koreans who are all, they all have crippling debt. Oh, like, okay. All of them are deep in debt. And do for not one have reason a, or another. right for yeah. various reasons. Do not have a way out. Okay. So they're all invited to come play games for a chance to win some money. Okay, and all these people, you know, show up. They are all kind of like outfitted. They're kind of like almost not kidnapped. Like they willingly go, but then they get gassed and taken away somewhere. They all wake up like in almost like prison type jumpsuits. There's like f over 400 of them to start. Okay. And they're basically told by all these people wearing masks and suits or whatever, you know, that uh, hide their identities. Like we're going to play some games. So the first game they take them up to, which I won't get too far into, is basically a game that I'm not familiar with, but it's basically children's games they're playing. All right. This one's called Green Light, Red Light. Yeah. Okay. Which the concept is basically. Basically, like, you know, someone standing at the other end turned around and they, they sing light. out green light, red light. And when they're done saying red light, they turn around. And if you're moving, you're out. You're out. Right. Well, they do that, except there's a very bad ending for anybody who's still moving. I'm giving that a little bit away just because it's the very first episode where you okay. get into this stuff. Right. But anyway... <laughs> It's it's the game has very terrible consequences for people who lose potentially. Oh, so it's it's kind of the way I've been describing it, people. It's kind of like a capitalist version of like Hunger Games and Running Man, and these kind of like you know throwing people into desperate situations, but uh, but also gamifying it you know for others' entertainment sort of thing. I so, see. I see. Fascinating show. Very fascinating, interesting themes that they're diving into. I'm excited to watch more of it. I really want to get, you know, kind of binge a few episodes if I can soon. But uh, it's, it's, I, I won't give anything more away than that, but it's it's a it's a very fascinating exploration of what people are willing to do for money. Well, you were going to say, Ruth? I was, it just reminded me of Hunger Games. Yep. Just like yeah. Said. Yeah. And now I'm almost feel pressured to watch at least one episode. <laughs> if you watch you, the first, I, I, I promise to. you, you're going to be hooked. By the end of the first episode, oh, really? there's no reason there's no reason in the world you wouldn't want to keep watching. Well, it I've the heard the rumor is it's a little gory. It is, yes. So is. if you don't like gory. At least, I mean, I now the first episode I didn't think it was super gory, but there were some some violent moments. Okay, yes, it is a, a, a fairly so violent. So you're not show. watching with with Miles. No, no, no. Okay. This is not for kids <laughs> at all. 
by by no stretch of the imagination. So what does it say about our society in global society that this type of uh, this type of show is like the winner? You know, this is what everybody loves to it's, watch. And I, it's very interesting because it's the same reason that like stuff like the Hunger Games has been so fascinating because everyone's always kind of so. like, well, yeah. you know, like, yeah. you know, we act we act like we wouldn't want that. Yeah, like yeah. we we act like we wouldn't want to watch it, and yet yeah. more of us than we care to admit would probably okay. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going back to Ted Lasso, the other one you told me to watch. That's <laughs> there a good go. show. Yeah, Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso is much more wholesome. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, hey, that's what's tech connecting with us, uh, Ruth Cooley. Thank you so much for Thanks, joining Ruth. us today. Thank you, gentlemen. My pleasure. I appreciate All right. Uh, so until next time, folks, we do have to unplug. Uh, but hey, until next time, also, um, you know, if someone offers you to come play some mysterious games, yeah, maybe not for lots of money. Maybe, maybe, maybe say no. You know, just. <laughs> Just know there's other ways you can potentially get around your debts other than that. And until next time, please stay connected. The ELO 5053L 50-inch 4K touchscreen monitor provides a brilliant canvas for adding interactivity to any environment. Perfect for everything from endless aisle and brand experiences to menu boards, collaborative meetings, and dashboarding, the 5053L digital signage display offers a sleek, slim design built to withstand the rigors of continuous commercial use. And with ELO's computer modules, you can easily turn the display into a powerful all-in-one life-size 50-inch tablet. Available with ELO's industry-leading TouchPro PCAP technology, enabling up to 40 touches or infrared with up to 20 touches, ELO's 5053L delivers fast and extremely sensitive response time and anti-friction glass to minimize heat as fingertips drag across the screen. To learn more, check out the link in the show notes or contact your Blue Star ELO representative.